I'm going to do just a generic intro, but it's going to be from the heart. I don't even want to read a script. I have a script. I had it broken down, but I didn't even want to do it in a way because when you're talking to a real one, a, a person that you've been knowing for a while, um, well, let me, let me give the people what they normally expect from a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me introduce you to someone that is near and dear to my heart as a human being on this planet. Not only, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, she's out here doing her thing, you know, been featured on Forbes, of course. She's, uh, she's done things in the entrepreneur space and still doing it, killing it. Um, she's a networker. She's a kind innovator, but she's not not just for the sake of a hashtag, but she is someone that I like to call, a.k.a. It's a towel in the building. And I'd like to welcome you, Miss, to the show today. Thank you for being on. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, I said it before and I'll say it again. Oro Tai, the man is <laughs> an absolute honor and pleasure to be on this podcast. This is an absolute no-brainer. So it's, I am stoked to be here. Oh, my gosh. Like, let me tell you this, Issa. It's a Tao thing for it. For those who don't know, her name is Carissa Lintow. So like I, I have been missing you since New York. I miss New York. You made New York for me. You made it uh, my first real experience. Like one of the dopest. I got to peruse the city um, of New York in a real way, in an authentic way, uh, dialogue with you in a real way, in an authentic way. Um, even when I was doing this podcast, I was like, man, like who, especially for this month, like right now we're in March, it is the women history month and, uh, or women of history month. And, uh, it was just like, who would be better fitted to have a person that I value that not just their expertise, but just who they are as a person on how they move. And even seeing what you're doing, what kind of innovator, like just seeing that, that launch and how, uh, Man, I, I can go all over the place with this, but just my heart was like, man, I got to reach out if this is the best way to have a conversation with you and at the same time share you with the world simultaneously. This is what I wanted to do. And so I'm just, I, yeah, you're, you're just someone that I, I've always honored. I talk to even in my workspace about like, man, like this is what she's doing. If I can find opportunity to just bring you up, even if they don't bite on the apple, I at least try to present. Like, hey, if you're dealing with some some iOS opportunities or just app store, you know, optimization needs, like I know someone uh, who will be able to be that person. So. Um, so, yeah, so I'll, I'll give you the I'll, I'll address you right now by the name that your parents gave you for the moment, for the sake so that people won't be Googling. It's a towel. <laughs> I don't, I don't want the people doing that and getting confused. Like I try to look her up and I don't find her by that name. So, uh, so yes. So Carissa, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a uh, winding down the day, 6 PM Yeah. Last call last meeting of the day. <laughs> the number one meeting I was waiting for this entire week, this entire, day, oh this entire month. Like I can't think of a better way to kick off March than sitting in Riverside FM with you. Oh my gosh. Anti-marketing marketing club. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me tell you like how I came up with a name, right? So like, I felt like it would be fitting number one, having an individual like yourself uh, to talk about. So anti-marketing marketing club, it, it, obviously you can tell it's a playoff of the, the, a name mm -hmm. a, a very synonymous name of, you know, the anti-social social club. And um, 
I wanted people to be able to dive into a podcast, a conversation of not knowing what it's going to be about. Like, is this for people who are tired of the same old thing or is this for people who are looking for a new perspective? And it's kind of a mix of the two, right? Like you are someone that I'll see as an innovator outside of the norm where not only are you a, uh, a woman in business, which I'm always praising and always wanting to acknowledge like, man, like anything I can do to add value, even to this day, like if you're like, Hey Ty, I need you to just tweet this out. Like I'm going to say yes to anything that you present, but just because you're just someone that I value, you're not only just a woman in business, uh, but you are a person that supports family, seeing what you're doing with even elevating your sister's content and putting her in a position of being an influencer. Um, and it doesn't even stop there. What you did with doing with your TEDx space out there in New Jersey, uh, even <laughs> even running for office out there when you were doing that. I even tried to find a way to vote for you. I'm not even a resident <laughs> of the state of New Jersey. But when you were doing that, my mind was like, how can I find a way? <laughs> Got the one vote coming in from Ohio. Yeah, like it would just be like, is this an absentee ballot? What is this? Like, like I am dead serious. Like my wife will tell you, like I, I was, like whatever it is that you're doing. Like even when I saw a kind innovator, like I'm following the account right away because it's attached to you. So like, um, yeah. So when I when I thought of this and I was like, all right, she's a minority. She's she's a woman. She's a person of business. She's a person of family. I want everyone to hear all of who you are in this short amount of time. Again, this isn't going to be the only time I plan on having additional conversations with you post this one conversation because it's been far too long. But um, I want anyone who's watching this just to kind of get the gist of who you are and be inspired, not just by, oh, she was featured on Forbes or, oh, she started a business, but understand the mindset of who you are, though. Right. Like not just the attributes and the extension extended things that came along with your hard work of like, oh, if you do this. No, I don't want it to be a blueprint of this is how you can be like Carissa. Like I want it to be. Wherever you are as a person, whether who you are as a person that they can hear from you and learn like, man, if she can do it, what is my excuse if she's willing to push past the uh the obstacles and persevere what is my reason for holding back and and i just want to start there because um i would definitely say i'll just use our our um our last encounter and i feel like you've grown so much even from just you know just the content you put out and how you're building your team with aptuitive um you know your natural personality i would say was probably more of like an introvert Right. Like kind of like keep to yourself, not really someone that's just looking for attention, but you are in a space that almost requires you to have to step outside of that space. And so how did you get to that point with just building your business, uh, building those connections within your business and the staff that you've added onto your business, building out brands? How did you do that with knowing that you you're kind of more of like to yourself type of personality? How did you get to that place? 
Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good fully loaded question. <laughs> Things off. Hit you with the full clip. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, yeah, I was growing up super. I mean, super super introverted. Uh-huh. Um. No, I would still say like introverted, but I mean, you need to learn how to. I mean, put on the the face almost. Yeah. Um. And I remember when I first started out, like I just had the scripts and I still do like the scripts. So, I mean, in terms of like value add for your audience, I mean, if you're an introvert, like always having the scripts kind of like laid out, especially for the sales call, like I just have the, you know, the camera on here and then the little script there, just so I'd have the the framework of like, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to go through. Shouldn't deviate too far from this. So if I just stick to this and, you know, I could work on, um, you know, expressing myself on camera because, you you know, that most communication is nonverbal. So I knew that that was one thing that had to be translated people like the showmanship and you know the the voice you know mm-hmm. it, the voice changing you know the kind of extroverted exp- um appearance for yeah. lack of a better yeah. term um so definitely needed to learn more of how to be like a chameleon a chameleon yeah like, or like the extroversion more or less. Um, so it's been definitely a learning experience over mm-hmm. the past, I mean, three, four years. And it honestly still is very much a learning experience because I still feel like I haven't found my ideal communication style in, yeah. in certain ways. Um, but it, it was definitely a learning process of just having to like keep on getting on the phone, keep on taking, you know, the in-person meetings, keep on taking, um, you know, the, the video calls. It was just, I mean, practice after practice after yeah. practice. You know, you just have to keep getting your reps in and that's the only way you, you know, can get from point A to point B. It's just the hours and, you know, the time on task that you put in. Yeah. Like, like I love that because I remember, <laughs> I remember, I forget where we were at when we were in New York. Um, we went to some place and it was like a lot of people. And I was like, yeah. You were going to bring up the story. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you want to, you want to get out of here? Like, yeah. Like, oh and, and but this is the thing, like, I, I only say that because I remember when I was in high school, shoot, even before high school, I was so, and, and you probably wouldn't even really tell and believe this, but like, I was kind of like such a to myself person where I would never talk to anyone unless they spoke to me first. Mm-hmm. Like that was always my personality. The, the blessing of social media for me is it allowed me to engage in a conversation and break the ice so that when I did connect with a person, uh, whether it be verbally, virtually, or um, in person, I've built enough confidence in that dialogue through social that my mind is so set on like, I'm going to just transfer that comfort that I've created to an in-person experience. Like I tell this to people all the time, like when I do something that seems very extroverted, I am consciously thinking of doing it. I'm not doing this freely. Like, oh, I just do these things. I don't. I think of it and just say, yes, like in that moment. And it, the decision really happened for me, Carissa, was in the ninth grade, I had performed, well, I had signed up to perform uh, Usher's Nice and Slow song. <laughs> and And I had an audition for it because I decided in the ninth grade that I am tired of kind of like being this recluse, like being in this way. So I use that almost like as my coming out, like I'm going to force myself to 
be out into the public sphere and allow public opinion to happen in a way where it happened. It, I got some cheers and I got some jeers. I got booed. I heard, I heard it. (laughs) And I still performed. I still finished the song. I didn't leave the stage Mm -hmm. because of what I heard. And that extreme experience allowed me to be like, I survived it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and from that point moving forward, I just always lean into that I'm going to just put myself out there. The worst, mm-hmm. and it sounds, it could sound morbid. The worst someone could do is kill me, right? Like that would be the worst, but ain't, there isn't anything that I'm going to do that will require someone to do that. Right. And so, and so that, and so I, I added that to that. that st- up your song. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I, if I've ever met Usher Raymond, the third or fourth, whatever number he is, I would be like, man, it was your song that allowed me to step outside my comfort zone, sir. And um, and so when I go back to where we were, I don't know if we were in like in Chelsea or, or whatever area yeah. we were, we were, and um, it just made me think of like, okay, I'm going to be whatever I need to be for you in that moment because I I know what it was like. And so I was like, all right, I'll just draw the attention to me then, right? Because like I want you to have such an experience with me that I will just draw the attention to me. Um, but at, in a way that would allow you to still not feel like everybody is watching you and kind of make it, make it. Cause again, my, my goal in our relationship was always to be like, how can I, again, I'm always thinking of how can I serve the person that I'm around or with in that moment. And um, so with you sharing your story to me is like hearing Anyone, because I know people are probably like, you talk too much time. I do. I do talk. <laughs> but um, but hearing what you just touched on, though, is it was just through repetition. And mm-hmm. through repetition, it, it established conditioning. And even as I use that word conditioning, like you're a person, even as I don't know if you still run or work and, and do the workouts and things like that, going to the gym. But like, I remember back then, you know, even talking to you, you had like your routine. And I feel like creating a routine and adding to that routine helps continue to push you past what has been a thing for you since you were younger in that space of being an introvert. Right. And, and to anyone listening to, and I'm going to let you speak on this also, but it doesn't, I don't want being an introvert to sound like a negative at all. Like I think that that is a quality trait because it means that you absorb and process things and you can take on energies that allow you to, uh, that's in a way almost making you a, a bit of like an empath in a sense where you can kind of like sense things because you can process and you're not a lot around a lot of noise continuously. Unlike people who are very big on being extroverts uh, where they feel like they got to be overly stimulated with so much, but they're not, they're not able to sit still long enough to process their experience in, in my mind. And, and I, I would like for you to speak on that as well. Yeah, it is interesting because, I mean, I've definitely noticed um, that more so, especially when it comes to, I mean, just like communications with people and Mm -hmm. working with the team, working with clients, just like, okay, like, what is this person's ideal communication style? Um, And obviously, you know, being an extrovert and an introvert, Mm -hmm. they're um, 
two sides of the spectrum almost and not to say um, to you know use the spectrum analogy but i mean mm-hmm. it, that's what it really is at the end of the day um and the i don't know if you know like the the, the definition i forget the um like the hard and fast definition is that an introvert kind of gets their energy from you know their own downtime yeah. you know relaxation and then the extroverted people they they just vibe off of other people's yeah. energies and that's how they get you know more energetic so mm-hmm. it, both have their pros and cons for sure um but it's all about learning how to lean into your your strengths and learning how to lean into your strengths and understand and just having the conscious awareness of your yeah. weaknesses. That way you can address them and, you know, show up in the right way, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would, in that, because you said being aware of your, would you, do you consider that part of your, your, your character to be a weakness or do you see that as something that you can, that you've leveraged? I mean, it definitely the latter, maybe strengths and weaknesses, weaknesses, kind of like the wrong word. Um, uh-huh. Trying to think of a more flat word than, yeah. you know, weaknesses, but um, I mean, it, it definitely could be a weakness. Um, I guess I would say it's more of a marker, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. marker that you should just be aware of. Like today, like I've had five calls on the calendar. This is a shining example, <laughs> like five calls on the calendar, excluding this one that was booked in the morning and afternoon. And then come like three o'clock, I just needed to take an absolute fat nap because yeah. I was like, <laughs> if I don't take this nap right now, there's no way I'm going to be able to show up for this podcast. Like, mm-hmm fully energized and fully present and able yeah. to be here and, you know, provide value to Ty's audience. Like if I didn't have that conscious awareness, I would not be here like this, you know, kind of yeah. quote unquote energetic and being present. Like, as I would just be like half asleep yeah. and prepared with the green tea too and the, the world's best marketer cup. So hey, I need um, one of those cups, by the way. Oh yeah, I know. I know. would highly, highly recommend anyone in the anti-marketing marketing club, this world's best marketing cup. <laughs> um so yeah i mean all that said i I think i would see it as more of um okay like what does a quote-unquote weakness of being an introvert mean like okay my energy is going to be like dialed down like after three or four conversations um okay so that's good like conscious awareness if i have a call like at six o'clock with ty you should probably take a nap you know beforehand so you can show up and you know be fully present um so uh, yeah i would kind of change that wording from you know weakness to more of a, a marker for lack of a better term. Yeah. 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 No, I love it. And, and that's, and it goes back into how I feel like based off of our relationship, because I, I feel like I've allowed myself to, again, try to be that, that person for people where it's like, how can I draw the attention away? Even like, I even noticed, like, as you were talking, I was thinking like, okay, how can I protect my friend even in this conversation? Right. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna overexert her in a way to where I still need her to be comfortable in who she is, right? And um and it, and it was funny because like I, I was talking to someone yesterday and um and she was like, I was like, Oh yeah, I was like, most of the people that I connected with. Um, especially rather be with the pod or with just in general have been predominantly women for the most part. And she was like, why do you think that is? And I started to reflect on being raised by a single mom, having Mm -hmm. sisters, um, being the oldest. uh, I feel like I was just blessed with the heart to kind of have a level of empathy towards that, um, 
just that gender, like the mm -hmm. knowing that I was brought up with seeing my mom go through things and I didn't like that. And if mm -hmm. I noticed that, I've always felt like, how can I make it easier for her? That's always been just my nature. And so I, I told her that I was like, that's always been that thing. And that's why I've always mm -hmm. felt that way towards just connecting with women in a way. And I remember when I made the conscious decision to um, stop just consuming a lot of male dominant perspective on business content, right? When it came to, oh, what, you know, what books are you reading and what podcasts are you listening to? And I remember the first book that changed my perspective to really shift it to consume different content was when I read the founder of Mary Kay's autobiography. And I, and it made me just reflect on my mom. Like she went through a lot as a woman in a very, you know, patri pa patriarchy aspect of it being, especially in the Mad Men era, right? Like she grew, she survived that and grew a business um, out of that environment and hearing her, her story just gave me a whole different level of empathy in the mm -hmm. professional space to where it's like, oh no, I got to empower women. Like I, I, I knew women, you know, I, I don't want to say struggle, but had obstacles to to deal with, with thriving in their space of wherever it is that they wanted to be in. But when you actually hear someone's actual story, though, broken down and you're like, oh, man, like, and then you watch a show like Mad Men and you'd be like, my God, like these dudes was, were off the chain. Like, yeah. I get it. I get the the level of. Even even when we are, we're dealing with you know Mel uh, being men in in the sense of having a toxic perspective on certain things. And my thing was always to try to be: how can I even out the room, right? How can I make it feel like we are actual peers and there is no subordinate, uh, you know, or 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 some aspect of because of you know what I was born with makes me more you know, of a expert, um, than you like, no, like I look at again, what you bring to the table, Carissa, like I would never, especially in what you do with intuitive, like I know nothing about dealing with optimizing apps. Like I can read about it, but it goes beyond just head knowledge. You are a true to life practitioner, right? Like in that space, which is why, like when I know I have friends and people that I associate with that do things that are different for me, I don't find myself wanting to try to go, oh, how can I do that too? Because mm -hmm. I would rather create more room for and runway, like, hey, how can I make sure that whatever it is that you're doing can have the legs that it needs so that I don't feel like I'm tripping you up or getting in mm -hmm. the way of what you're doing? And um, how do you find yourself navigating in that space, being a woman in a male, still male dominant business, even though we can see publicly and we might even see it socially in some aspects where you see a lot of women migrating and really being cheerleaded in this space, but they're still at the very top though, still the white <laughs> man and in the, in the, in the chair, right? Like in the, in the executive position of still making that final decision, how are you navigating those waters um, it, at where you are or not even where you are now, but like, how did you find yourself navigating those waters? And what are some things that you kind of like allowed yourself to adjust to 
even as you're growing your business now? It's also a fully loaded question. Yeah, I'm telling you, I got the whole, I haven't talked to you in a while, girl. <laughs> oh man, 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 man. Where do you even start with that? That's like a whole, whole thing. Well, just, just, just address just the navigating, just the, the arena that you're in. So I like your point of kind of just like, kind of backtracking it to yeah. your, your childhood and just like upbringing. Cause I feel like a lot of that, like, it's interesting that you, it's really interesting that you bring that up. Cause I would almost have the same take on this. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up the oldest of five, um, very much in an environment, um, where I would say it was competitive. Yeah. Um, not within the family by any stretch of the imagination, but our family is like very athletic, um, very, yeah, again, I hesitate to say like competition oriented, but we were very like performance yeah. based yeah. and there wasn't any of the conversation of like, oh, like, you know, because you're a woman, like you can't accomplish X, Y, and Z, um, or like you're sure you can't accomplish X, Y, and Z. Like that was just never in the question. Like my parents never kind of put that glass ceiling, if you will, yeah, yeah. um, on us, which is, you know, a, a big time blessing, um, because at the end of the day, this is very much a mindset and perspective thing across the board. Um, I grew up, I don't know if I told you this backstory, but I grew up playing baseball. And I think this was kind of like the catalyst of like my, my no BS. Like I'm not <laughs> like I'm fully, fully focused on the goal. And that is it. I don't care if I'm in a room full of like men, yeah. like, I have to work five times harder to be the best one in the room. Yeah. That's going to happen. No questions asked. I'm not even like focused on mm. anyone else as much as I am. Like I'm in my own lane. I'm in my own business. Um, but to go back to the baseball analogy, like I was one of, I think two or three girls in the baseball league that I was in at the time. So think like little league and yeah. I had to be like 12 years old. Um, so at a league out of like 50, 60 boys, I was the the one that took home the entire like league, <laughs> league, league MVP, like MVP, MVP for the team, MVP for the league ended up winning some like Cy Young version of oh, you know, wow. the, the awards that were in the space, like had like extreme knockout, like strikeouts across the board, like all time type of games. Yeah. And that was just because, again, it was just time time on task and just like being in my own lane. Like, I'm not worried, you know, if, if I had the mindset of, Oh my God, like there are so many boys, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I'm, I'm freaking out versus uh, what do I need to actually accomplish to get my team from point A to point B? And mm -hmm. what do I need to do to get to point A to point B? And, and that's it. Like not focused on anything else that's going on. And that's not to say that, Oh, like it's not important to, you know, focus on these issues by any stretch, but I think the narrative and, conversation needs to change in terms of you know what is highlighted in mainstream media yeah, yeah. um just this whole i mean conversation around and it's in very subtle ways too so like for example um the big conversation piece is always um women founders only get two percent of vc funding um mm -hmm. and, you know of course that's like you know, a statistic, that's a very valid thing, yeah. but there are different ways to position, you mm -hmm. know, that, um, you know, statistic more or less, because there are a lot of other good things that are happening, you know, in this world, but we're just also in a world that kind of values negative. Yeah. 
yeah things and clickbaity yeah. things because yeah. i mean what's going to get more attention like oh you know bootstrapped ceo woman founder of a small bakery hits <laughs> her goal of a hundred thousand dollars in revenue this year versus two percent of women get vc funding that's a very like yeah extreme analogy but yeah. i mean you could see where i'm kind of going with yeah, this. yeah 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 and that's just all of the media that's kind of getting siphoned in especially to like the, the women ceos and women founders mm -hmm. like there, there's always just that thing in the back of your head. And I could speak to that from existence because I was definitely in that mindset, you know, yeah. 2018, 2019, when I was just starting out. Um, but that was one of the biggest, like all time perspective, you know, things that, that I had over the course of the past few years, for sure. You know what, like, even what you said, when you, what, what you just touched on, like just using your, your experience playing baseball, like having that tunnel vision, I feel like is, it seems like that's what kind of helps you because mm -hmm. if, if you were brought up with your parents targeting the fact that you are, oh, you're a girl, right? Oh, well, you're going to be the first woman this or the woman that, like labeling your your sex first over like just your existence. Like mm -hmm. I feel like you've allowed yourself to really drive through all the noise because like you just touched on like that actually just like just hit me a little different now because – now my mind goes into a place of how how we kind of put things in a space just even if like using i'll use myself as an example like i get it i'm a black man it's very apparent but i don't really want to be acknowledged just for my skin color to make it seem like, oh, wow. Because it, it almost like it, it can become very patronizing in a way where it's like, so if I wasn't Black, then would you still honor the hard work that I put in? Is it because mm -hmm. I work hard for a Black person? So let's honor like, man, he really put in a work as a Black yeah. man. And so it's like, does that make me like the cream of the crop of Black people? And the same thing, like, would that have been the same thing? Like, does that because you're a woman founder, woman entrepreneur. So if I wasn't, are you saying that my, my, my ability to work hard is mediocre? Mm -hmm. Right. Be and because now we want to put this label on it. And so my, my gender is what makes it significant Yeah. instead of my hard work and my willing to just push past. And so that now makes me think of how do we approach that? Because we, we live in an era of, you have strong movements on, in all areas, in so many different angles. And, and I feel now with this new thought of having how, like that I have now is, it's hard to now even like, how do you shift a culture to really just evaluate just their willingness to just to put in hard work without the necessary labels attached. Right. And so, and again, like, man, I'm sorry, I haven't talked to you in so long. So like, I, 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 cause I will take this down a rabbit hole and we will never come out because, um, and I'm sure like, and again, I, I, these can be separate conversations mm -hmm. that you and I can have, but, um, yeah, this is like one of my favorite, like all time conversations. Yeah. It, it, it's a conversation that is just years years and yeah. if not like a decade like overdue at this point we are having yeah. the same conversations that we have been talking about the past decades and yeah like, bring a lot of people kind of have this like 
in terms of like press and stuff, it it's um and it's not to any fault of these people, honestly, because yeah. I mean it, it is hard to kind of just like step outside everything that's going on and really ask yourself the hard questions. Yeah. Um that, you know, talking about these issues from a negative light, like a lot of people think it's doing a, a good thing, but in reality it's setting us back like yeah. Honestly, um, whereas we need to have conversations like the one we're having now on a very yeah. individual level, because that's the only way yeah. that you know things are going to be yes. changing at a more global, you know, scale. So yeah, yeah, yeah. down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. We will. You and I will definitely because I, I love those conversations. I love to go deep. I love to really peer into each other's souls when it comes to stuff like that. Because I, I agree with what you just said. Like it is more individual and um i feel like even though i would love for whoever would be listening to this is be like yes let's go there not everyone is ready to go there and i think it it go it takes just like walking one foot after the other uh is one conversation after the other and not a a blaring broadcast of an idea or a thought and and it and it gets taken out of context and so i i'm with you with that um and there was something that you had touched on earlier about just dealing with the the experience of a little bit of what we're, we were just talking about. I feel like it kind of segues into the kind innovator and a little bit of just the mindfulness of where we are as a society and more so who you are as a person on, I feel like you're now allowing not saying that this is something that you've never done as a person, but just mm-hmm. putting yourself in a position to where you're, you're now taking up aspect of who you are and saying, I, I'm, I'm leveraging and putting out there. This needs to be talked about. This needs to be pushed this narrative because we can talk business all day. We can talk, you know, Oh man, you know, how did you get featured on this? Or how did you build this? And when did you get your first employee? And I, I really, Again, I feel like if people want to know more about the business side of you, they can reach out to you via email. They can go to your LinkedIn profile. I really, again, want them to get to know the heart and the mind and the spirit of the person that I I care about and that I feel like others will get to see and be like, oh, wow, I would have never seen her outside of that light because they don't get these intimate opportunities to be able to connect with you in this capacity. So again, appreciate you. Love you for this. Um, this is great stuff. And I'm excited. Oh, no, no, you, you, you definitely, um, man, like when I saw the, the kind innovator, at first I thought you were promoting somebody else's. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think I might've either, I don't know if I saw it on, it was either TikTok or, or, um, or Instagram first. It might've been Instagram. I might've saw like you, it looked like a repost. And then, mm-hmm. um, and I think I saw something that showed that you were either connected to it in in the capacity where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, Carissa, she's attached to this. Like, where where did the 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 the, uh, the spirit of putting or well, let's start with where did the start of kind innovator come from, and how did it manifest itself outside of mm-hmm. who you are into this oh, public sphere now? Dang, if I knew we were going to be talking about this, I would have grabbed this earlier because I have like a little uh, I have a little physical thing. So momento. Uh, Go get it. Go get that thing. Apologies for the intermission. <laughs> um, so this 
kind of um, found its way into my life 2018 or so. I was on a um, documentary called Road Trip Nation, um, which aired on PBS. And essentially uh -oh, the um, the whole gist of the, the show was that they send... Um, they sent three road trippers, myself, and then two others, uh, Jordan and Alicia, on um, a cross-country trip in an RV. Oh, that was um, the uh, PBS, wasn't it? Or Yep. Okay. Yep, PBS. Um, and they sent us across the U.S. in an RV, which is a wild experience in and of itself. But then we also had the time to set up interviews with leaders in the technology space. So we were able to interview people like Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Stacey Spikes, the founder of MoviePass, um, and the chief technology off former chief technology officer of the United States under Obama, uh, mm. Megan Smith. Um, and her interview was probably the one that was like really, that really resonated with me the most. Um, so during her interview, but like before we even got into the conversation and everything, um, she ha was speaking a little bit about her, um, I would say like interest yeah. um, in technology because she was one of the, I, I'm going to botch this woman's resume, but <laughs> she was essentially like one of like the forefront leaders of the technology that is now like the smartphone and like okay. the technology. So she was absolute beast, very ahead of her time in that regard. Um, but she was basically introducing us to like all the, the history of like STEM in the United States and went on about her passion for diversity and inclusion and what yeah. that really means. And before we jumped into the conversation, she essentially handed the three of us a, a little token um, thing. So this is like a little coin. This is the front. Um, okay. Yeah, just a, a sig. Yeah. And then this is, um, I'm also going to botch the backstory of this <laughs> coin because I feel like during that moment, I completely blacked out because I felt like this was like the highest honor that <laughs> bestowed upon me. Um, but if you see it like right here this is george washington carver so okay. also another like famous u.s you know yeah. innovator yeah. very ahead of time you have some binary like the code like the zeros and the ones right there and then yeah you also yeah very small at the bottom kind innovator um so it was a it was a very like seemingly small like token of appreciation that slash you know recognition and you know kind of like this badge of honor and like the yeah. reputation like i needed to uphold um and so that kind of has always sat with me over the course of the past you know few years but it really wasn't until i mean later last year i was like okay like this is something that i've been sitting on and stewing on and but and now i feel like the timing is right to kind of just bring this you know whatever it was to life and yeah. so now it's you know and it's very very early stages you know in, in terms of like the branding and everything but the core messaging behind is okay like what is the actual like standard that we need to keep holding ourselves accountable to yeah. um as entrepreneurs as founders as creators because we are now very much into an age where just like everything and anything goes um, and technology is the wild west. So you have, I mean, this is the most unregulated industry that we are in and it is by far the most important one. Mm -hmm. um, and we just have everyone going like free for all and no one knows what's going on at all. Like in any position anywhere, no one knows what's going on. Um, and so this is almost a call to action to say, okay, this is the, the level of like accountability and responsibility that we all need to keep ourselves, you know, accountable to. And especially 
anyone that's creating anything and putting it out into the universe. Um, because I would also add on to that statement that, you know, a lot of people develop these technologies and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm speaking from a place of, you know, what I see on the app store that people are developing things to make a quick buck and they have no realization or awareness of the impact that this could potentially have on society at large. Like yeah. we're just not asking ourselves the important questions like, okay, why am I developing, you know, this piece of technology in the first place? Why does AI need to exist? And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, AI mm -hmm. doesn't need to exist, but have we had that conversation of why chat GPT-3 needs to exist? Like what problems, what problems is this solving? You know, what jobs mm -hmm. are being taken out of the equation how can we help people prepare for, you know, this mass exodus yeah. of, you know, jobs just completely getting wiped out? Like, what are those questions? Like, I don't yeah. think they're being asked right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a very, very kind of like high level summary. I know that was kind of a lot. No, no, um, good. Going, but that, that's, that's how Kind Innovator was, was born. No, no, I, I love that. Um, it, I, I, I take the high level. Like I, I love it. Uh, and again, we're, we're going to talk again, like guarantee, <laughs> oh, yeah. guarantee, um, especially on that, on that side of something that is, um, more, um, personal, I feel like with, what kind of innovator. And that's why I'm like, you know, I'm putting myself out there, like anything that I can add value to that space that is more of like a, a, a heart push. Mm. Um, cause again, um, you're, you're a natural, innovator and creator and and someone that can build things and cultivate but at the same time that's going to be where what your livelihood is connected to but what i feel like what like kind innovator is is this is that's your legacy right like that's what it seems like you're you're focused on if if at if everything else fails what is going to be the most lasting thing that i want people to know about what I'm attached to. Is mm -hmm. it what I did for these other businesses and, and, and help them gain more market share and visibility and built a business along that. And that would be great to be acknowledged mm -hmm. for something that, Hey, look at what she did in her lifetime or the impact that you are trying to make. And I, that's the part that I want to really play a, a, a whatever role. Like I could be the janitor, whatever my, my, my goal is that's how I want to be. Like, I want to have a lasting legacy that outlives mm -hmm. me because businesses come and go. We see people get bought out, get absorbed and they get dismantled and we can build these things thinking that they're going to be these, these publicly traded companies and oh yeah, one day we're going to IPO. That'd be great. Or maybe we'll get acquired by Amazon. That'd be cool too. But the lasting thing is how did you make people feel? And what you said, and again, we, we can definitely go down that too, because I, I was thinking about something I saw a long time ago when you were mentioning about, or people thinking about this, I saw this, it was like a snippet of a documentary. It was, a, I can't, I wish I could remember it. This guy said, when, when does progress, um, or, or he he's speaking in a framework of innovation. When do we get to a place to where progress, we don't need to continually to, to mm -hmm. continue to push that. Like it, because are we sitting back thinking about solutions instead of opportunities? Oh, I just had an idea. Let me see if I can just build it. Oh, yeah. I just had, uh, let's, let's create this. And going back to what you just touched on, like, 
are we really thinking about how we're building these things and that are possibly going to displace a large majority of people who don't have the skill set or the background of you know, in knowledge uh, or, or comprehension level to know that you are slowly getting pushed further and further away from being able to survive or be able to have skill sets. And are there programs out there? I'm sure. Are there programs out there that's trying to educate people and put people in position of knowledge and access? Yes. But are those being amplified? Are they getting funded in the, in the proper way to where is this being implemented in schools early, like kindergarten in a way to where these kids aren't just becoming machines and they're just passing grades just to get to a place of thinking that they're going to get into the workforce and not really properly prepared because we're already like, we're already in an era where we're deviating away from, you know, continued education beyond high school, right? Like is college really worth it? Those conversations have been pushed forever now. Right. And so within that, are we saying alongside if, if college isn't that important, what are we doing about some form of education? Because I tell this to people all the time, just because you leave high school doesn't mean that you you stop being a student. Mm. Like you are forever a student. And and I equate when I decide that I feel like I've learned enough, I, I'm pretty much saying that I'm I'm ready to go. Like I don't have enough to keep me existing anymore. Mm. And I feel like we we live in an era now where the the message is you don't need continued education beyond high school uh, because if you have certain skill sets, that's cool. But, um, but if you don't have an upbringing where that is a driver in your household as a young person to hold you accountable. And I feel like even what you mentioned earlier about with your family on your upbringing, I feel like there is an aspect of accountability through that level of that nature whether it's being deemed as competitive or, 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 or goal oriented, mm-hmm. right. Um, there was a, there was a level of accountability in that upbringing that makes you say no excuses. Like there, there, <laughs> there are no excuses. And so, but with kind innovator, it's now getting back to the heart of human beings of like, we need to be able to look at situations from and step away from the screen, step outside of the platform, step up, step outside of innovation for the sake of innovating and really look at, are we doing things that elevate in our innovation? Like not elevate our bank accounts, not elevate our lifestyle status, but making sure that the person next to me, I'm not just living a much better life and they're struggling because they didn't have an opportunity. And again, people have choice. People make decisions, but I just see that as an opportunity for me to want to be like, hey, where where is your headspace at in that that kind innovator um, approach to the space that we're in, whether it be in tech, in the tech community, whether it be in the creative community, whether it be in the entrepreneurial community, um, where can I help cheerlead that on? Um, my gosh. Yeah. So. This is an unorthodox podcast because it is seven o'clock. My God, I, I am going to follow. All right, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this podcast, this is, I'm putting this up raw, uncut, just like this. I'm letting you know this right now. So, um, uh, again, anti-marketing marketing club, we do things differently here because I I wanted to touch on because people want to be disruptors and some things don't need to be disrupted. And, 
Uh, and that's it. That's going to be a conversation I want to have with you on on the on the side because yeah, yeah, we need to we need to break yeah, it in. Yeah, <laughs> the, the diversity and inclusion conversation and the yes, the sake of innovation. Those yeah, are completely separate but needed conversations. No, no. Yeah, because I'm oh. part of the DEI uh, marketing council for nationwide. Uh, yeah, I'm part. Yeah, I'm a council member from the DNI count uh, uh, marketing side of nationwide. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're going to talk because I don't want to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I have I have some yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, I just a major shout out. This is the most unorthodox podcast you probably heard. That's going to be on YouTube and Spotify. But check out Kind Innovator. It's a Tao. Tell them how to find you, please. Yes. So Crystal and Tao on all socials. You can do a quick search and everything will pop up. And then also Aptuitive, App T-U-I-T-I-V-E, and then Kind Innovator. Those are the three big brands I'm kind of attached to right now. <laughs> yes. You if you if you Google this woman, you will find her. Carissa Lintau. Um, she will pull up in Google. She will also probably pull up in your chat GPTs. They'll probably find something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's integrated in Bing now. I don't know what will pop up when they when you pull up is integrated in Bing, but uh I appreciate you. I am so grateful just to have just this moment of time with you. Uh, I plan on following up. I'm, as soon as this ends, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to actually send you a text message and say, when can we have a call? Cause I want to talk to you on some non-recorded conversation stuff. Oh yeah. Because... No, we got to get some off the cuff. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. So ladies and gentlemen, who's watching this. Yes. This is what relationship looks like. This is how it's supposed to be. Um, nothing scripted. This is just connecting with someone that you value. And this is how you engage, whether this is, whether you have an opinion about this, how it was recorded, how it was put out, it doesn't matter. I just wanted to be able to connect with my friend. I wanted y'all to be able to see and hear how she thinks and how she moves. And when we have our sidebar conversation, we'll jump back on the pod for season two and have her on again. And so that we can kind of talk about some of the things that we dissected together that we think will be palatable to an audience on a, on a public public sphere. And so uh, thank you all for tuning in and check you guys out next time. Peace.